History starts now on the Two Minutes for Roughing podcast. Welcome to Two Minutes for Roughing, episode six featuring goaltender Dominic Boyley. I'm your host, Andrew Marsh. With me is Corey Madden. Corey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Long weekend, so it's kind of good to have a nice day to myself. And well, we only get one day because McKendry got another game against them on Wednesday, which for the listeners, if you're listening right now, this game has already happened. So we will give you the results later in the show. Not with us today is Tom Hartbeck and Chuck Krause. They are off doing other things today. And Chuck actually wanted to tell the listeners uh, a cool reason why he is not with us today. And he wanted us to make that up. But, hey, I gave him something in the group chat. I'm going to say something completely different. He's off doing his laundry. He's doing something super boring. Doesn't care about coming on the podcast. You just hate to see it, man. Yeah, no commitment. He's folding socks, no commitment. It's tough. Tom, on the other hand, he's saving his voice. He's had a long weekend. We all have, though. But guess who else had a long weekend? The players, because they had three games in four days to start off this season. What were your initial thoughts over the weekend? Yeah, you know, you knew you knew Lindenwood's games were going to be tough. They're a top team, and it showed. Uh, Friday night was a good game. I thought we played well. Um, but, you know, those those games against Lindenwood – there's a there's a reason why we play those games is to kind of feel where you you know fill out where you are. We're kind of just below the top tier and just you know we're above the bottom tier, so we got some work to do for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on that first game against McKendry, and they were out to a four to one start. Us being the Saints, um, a couple of goals in the second period, and then McKendry battled their way back, ended up being a four three game, but. The Saints took home the win, and then, like you said, they take on Lindenwood. I mean, dude, they're a tough, tough team, and that's exactly why Coach Hogan scheduled them, and we're going to play them again. So it's not like it's one, two games, and boom, you're you're done for the year. We're going to play them again, and just because of this COVID year, you're playing teams that are close to you. So it's going to be a test for the Saints, and, I mean, if you think about it, we're not playing them for a couple more weeks that gives us time to kind of regroup, find our game, because it is early in the season. And hopefully by the next time you see them, the Saints will be ready to go and, you know, perhaps make it a bit closer of a game than the two that we saw this past weekend. Yeah, you, you got to think about it, though. They really didn't have much time to prepare. You know, they had six people on the ice and then they had one week to kind of get their team together and then they had games and then it it was kind of like trial by error, really, because you go from McKendry, then you go to Lindenwood, you know, and that's just two drastically diff- different opponents. So, like you said, hopefully we can build and, you know, get some practice in and start working on the power play and the penalty kill, which was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Penalty kill was pretty good. Unfortunately, we had to use that a lot. But hopefully we can uh, get some practices together with the full squad and see what happens. We definitely will see what happens as more games will come throughout the year. Also, Will Starwalt, he caught up with Matt Berkemeyer. You'll hear that later in the show on the line change, the D2 interview. Uh, but before we get into things, we'll give a little recap or a little overview of what we're doing today. We have the doghouse coming here in a couple seconds. And then Dominic Boyley, like we said earlier in the show, we're going to play a little Would You Rather Hockey Edition. And then, of course, like I just said, Will Starwalt will be meeting up with Matt Berkemeyer before we close the show. So why don't we dive into things? We'll get more into detail about these games this past weekend on the Doghouse, and that's coming up next. This ain't your mama's podcast. This is the Two Minutes for Roughing podcast on the Maryville Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to the Doghouse. We're talking all things Maryville Saints hockey. We're going to dive into this past weekend's games. 
three games that the Saints had Friday, Sunday, and Monday. The first game we talked about it earlier in the show, McKendry, 4-3 win. Corey, what did you see from the Saints in their first game of the 2021 season? Really, um, 4-3 doesn't really do the game justice. I thought Maryville, they really, they had that game. They owned that game. There's a couple fluky goals, but our pressure in the offensive zone was great. You know, Jack Harrison and um, was it Jaden Bexey? It was Jaden Bexey who turned the puck over and got it to Jack, and then he waited and got that shorthanded goal to pretty much win the game. But they were they were all over. They didn't they didn't really. I mean, they didn't play perfect hockey, but they played really good. I thought they played great for the first game of the season. Really, the first game um, with this team on the ice together. It's, it's, I thought they played great. So. No, I agree. I thought that they did a lot of good things and there were some things that you know obviously they need to clean up and that's just going to happen throughout the course of a hockey game and that's what you work on during practice and you watch film and all that fun stuff but yeah for the most part I thought they did a great job they kind of let McKendry get back in there towards the end of the game and man there's a couple more seconds on the clock we could have had a tie game as that shot from the point went in and we were looking at each other because we were on the call we we're like oh my goodness like oh man that could have been bad but no, I thought they, they played a strong game and I was hoping that would carry into the games on Sunday and Monday. Uh, but Lindenwood is just a different breed and that's what we saw on Sunday and then it carried over into Monday's game. Yeah, the, the two um, things that kind of I pointed out on our, you know, during the games we called, Maryville put together two good periods, both games, but they couldn't, you know, it kind of ran out of gas and it was weird because the second period in the first game, they kind of just fell apart a little bit and then they cleaned it up in the third. And then the second game, they played a really good first and a really good second and then kind of just happened again. They fell apart, ran out of gas. But, you know, like we said, Maryville and Lindenwood, you know, Lindenwood's not an easy club to just come in and start your season against. You know, we're, you know, we're a new organization too, so it's not like we have 15 years of building. We're still building, you know, an organization and structure and all that good stuff that John's really working hard on to create a winning culture. You can't, you know, create a winning culture without taking a few bumps along the way. No, exactly. You need to essentially fail in order to succeed. And I'm not saying that Maryville failed by any means. It's not like the season's over, but playing an opponent like that, it really, you know, puts you in perspective puts it in perspective like hey this is where we're at right now this is where we want to be so we need to play teams like that in order to get to that level and now that they've seen them play you know maybe they'll clean some things up and and perhaps take some things from Lindenwood and start implementing their own game we'll see but for the most part I thought Maryville did a good job for like you said about 40 minutes of the game each game and then there's about 20 of it that they just seem to sort of collapse. I think, like what you said, and we talked with Coach Hogan after the game, that they just ran out of gas. And, um, you know, it is tough. You know, it's the first couple of games of the year. You're not really, you know, practicing with your full team. You don't have your legs under you uh, as much as you would, like, midway through the year. So it was tough, definitely. And Lindenwood was eager to get out on the ice. It was their first game of the year. And then they just carried that over into the second game. Uh, but one thing I want to touch on, and obviously you look at the score, they're pretty lopsided, 7-1 on Sunday, 6-0 on Monday. But a, a big thing that I took away was how strong the goaltenders looked throughout the weekend, all three of them really. Um, it's definitely a bright side of this weekend. And now you're probably listening and being like, well, Andrew, they put up seven goals. They put up six goals, a total of 13, you know, on Sunday and Monday. But if you were at the game, you would know that, Lindenwood put up over almost 100 shots, I would say, uh, probably around 90 in both games. That's a lot of shots. And Dominic Boyley, who we're going to have on the show today, man, it was his first college game, and he comes in playing a team like this? I mean, my goodness, that's uh, quite a team to play against in your first go-around at the college level. Yeah, and like John Hogan said, it felt like the whole game was in our, our defensive zone. So it's not like those goalies had a break. They felt they had, you know, 
how many how many shots did did uh ed coffee have 50 52 54 yeah somewhere up around that they were in the zone the whole time so he never really got to to take a break he was always in the ready you know trying to and then on top of that they probably threw the puck at the net over 100 times that name that game because our defensemen and and you know our forwards were giving up their body and blocking shots so that's just that was just a hard hard weekend a hard weekend of hard fought hockey you know so it's and then like you said Dominic's first hockey game in the college level and it's against Lindenwood and I think he did pretty good you know he he didn't he didn't let up an easy goal there's a couple you know here or there but like you said it was his first game against Lindenwood and he I thought he did pretty good no I agree and one of the things that I touched on in the broadcast was that he gave up a, a pretty early goal in that Monday game and he was able to battle back and look pretty good throughout the rest of the game uh, which is something that you got to give him credit to. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, it was a tough one. I mean, that's that's all really it is. Is It was a tough two games, and, you know, you can't really dwell on it too much. You just got to take it for what it was and move on. And now, as we're talking, Maryville has already played McKendry. We're hoping that they come out with the win. And, like I said earlier in the show – by the end of this show, we'll know the outcome, and we will relay that information. But looking towards this weekend, Midland, they come to the Maryville University Hockey Center for two games this weekend. I think this is a team that uh, Maryville definitely can can handle and that maybe they can build some confidence going uh, throughout the rest of the year. You never want to look past an opponent, but I, I think that Maryville needs to kind of come in this weekend and take care of their business. They need to – be fast. We already know Maryville's a fast team. They played with Lindenwood, and for the most part, they have the same speed. A little bit slower, but they're a fast team. And uh, Midland, Midland's kind of uh, not not. They're bigger. They're bigger body. They're not as fast. So we need to use that to our advantage. Get the pucks in deep. You know what I mean? And and follow John's John's plan. No, I completely agree. Midland, a lot of big bodies out there. Just got to use the speed, as you just touched on and really create a lot of offensive zone pressure, make them make mistakes, and then capitalize them when you have the opportunity. You know, we saw on Friday, they were just throwing pucks to the net, and it went off a couple skates, went in the net, and bing, bang, boom, you got two goals right off the bat in the second period. Uh, I didn't see enough of that against Lindenwood. They didn't really test Lindenwood. But, I mean, as we touched on, it's kind of hard when most of the game you're in your defensive zone, and that, you know, was a credit to – the transition game that Lindenwood had in their own neutral zone. And we just really couldn't get the puck out. And when we did, we were just firing it off the, you know, off the glass and Lindenwood would go back the other way. And they're just a good team. And I mean, we've touched on it many times so far. Uh, it's a team that you need to just take it in and just build from there. And I think playing a team like Lindenwood will prepare for these upcoming games this week. So we just touched on the D1 team. We're going to have Dominic Boyley coming up here in a second, but let's go over the D2 games. They also played Lindenwood at the Centene Community Ice Center, and they fell 6-2 to two and 7-1. to one. So we'll see how they can bounce back, and I believe they are taking on Lindenwood again this Saturday, and that is going to be at the Centene Community Ice Center. Actually, that first game was at the Maryville University Hockey Center. So another tough test in Lindenwood. But we'll see how they can fare. Um, I mean, same thing goes with the, the D1 team. You want to play Lindenwood. They're a good program. Not only is their D1 team good, but their D2 team is good as well. So we'll see how uh, Maryville does. And obviously, if you have not known, we did start up a women's podcast, Skate Like a Saint. And we'll be coming out with that here as well. So we'll talk about the women's team and we'll focus solely on them. Uh, but that's how things got going for the D2 team this weekend all right well let's transition now over to our interview of the week goaltender Dominic Boyley like we just touched on he played his first game against the Lindenwood Lions here on Monday he had a strong uh, he had a solid showing and uh, we caught up with him so without further ado Dominic Boyley now we want to welcome on freshman netminder Dominic Boyley from Rapontigny, Quebec hopefully I said that right that was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right, right on. Uh, how you doing, man? How are how are things going? 
I'm doing pretty good. I uh, just started my first uh, class for this uh, semester, so we're getting pretty busy. Uh, a lot of games on your on our schedule, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we're really busy group right now. Are you doing online classes, or do you have to go in person, or is it so a little bit of a, It's kind of a hybrid system. So mm-hmm. half of my class are on ground, the other half is um, online. So uh, it's kind of it works for me pretty good because in juniors I. I did online online school before, so I'm kind of used to it. I know it's tough for a couple of guys, but for me personally, uh, I kind of enjoy it online because I mm-hmm. get to learn on my own pace and uh, do my work wherever I want. I don't have to be in the classroom, but I also enjoy being classroom too. It's a it's a good medium for me. No, I, yeah, I mean, I wish I had that when I was in school because yeah, when I whenever I had online classes, it you're just at home and you just don't want to do work. But uh, when you're forced to it, it, you know, and that's how things are now. It's a little weird just being in, uh, you know, with COVID and all that uh, stuff. Yeah. But, uh, and uh, Maryville does a really good job at uh, setting us up with uh, good teachers, good professors, and everything is done like really, really good. It's really easy for us students to go through our class and go through the motions. It's really nice. Well, that's good to hear. Um, like I said earlier from Quebec, uh, and now you're in St. Louis in the, uh, Chesterfield area. What are, what are the differences between, uh, your hometown and, and here in St. Louis? Uh, I'd say the biggest thing is obviously, uh, the language. My first language is French. I only started speaking English like four years ago. Uh, I left home. I'm 21 now. I left home at, at the 17, went to Ottawa area. Then I played one year in New Hampshire and then back to Northern Ontario. So I kind of been um, all around the place. I've done seven billet families. So, oh, wow. uh, but I kind of love uh, being here in St. Louis. Uh, last three years, two years uh, in Northern Ontario in a small town, Hockey, where the nearest Walmart was like three hours away. Uh, it, was, it was tough. So I'm really happy to be here and uh, close to St. Louis, close to a big city. A lot of people, I really enjoy it. A little bit different not being able to go outside just in your free time and go play on the pond or the ODR or anything like that. We just, no snow here. The weather is just, it's chaotic at some points. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, I was just uh, looking outside a couple, uh, couple hours ago and I was like, how is there no snow in January? I've never seen that. Dude, it's weird, man. It's yeah. weird. I can uh, get used to it though. Oh yeah, I mean, you, you just have to. It, it could it could be sixty degrees tomorrow for all we know. That's yeah. just that's how it is. Um, but uh, you here you're here now at Maryville, and like I said, you're a freshman. Uh, how excited are you to be a part of this program and finally get things going after the long wait? Um, so I had a couple options coming into college, and uh, I said the big the big thing that uh, was important for me is to be wanted. And out of the couple offers that I had, uh, Maryville was really the, really the place where I felt like I was wanted. And uh, the coaching staff, uh, Coach Hogan, uh, Crenshaw, really took care of me. And um, I came here. I didn't know anyone. I was supposed to come down with uh, Lucas Adams from the Black River Beavers. But uh, last minute, they decided to stay one year in juniors. So I really came down here, didn't know a single guy. And in a matter of just a week or two, it was – I had new friends and I felt really like part of the family so it was a really easy transition for me do you think having that experience with with COVID and and not being able to play games and I mean this is a a weird time in our life that none of us have experienced do you think having that time away from the ice and obviously you guys were practicing at some points throughout the year but being a part of this team and, and hopefully it's only this year that we have to experience this. Uh, do you think that has made you guys closer? Uh, it's interesting. Um, we had a lot of time to um, obviously do team bonding because we can't hang out with anyone else because it's right. just us together. So uh, it's been pretty cool. And we've been really careful with all the precautions for COVID and stuff. And uh, But overall, yeah, I think it really helped us uh, just build uh, that chemistry. I still There's still a, a long way to go, but we're definitely getting there. Well, like I said, you guys have been waiting for a long time to finally get on the ice and play a different team. Uh, how, how fun was it finally? And I know you didn't play for the first two games, but, I mean, geez, how nice was it just getting out there 
and seeing a team across the sheet and them having a different sweater on? Yeah, well, for me, it was kind of, um, you know, obviously I wanted to play those first two games, but uh, I have two older goalies in front of me, and uh, they got to play the first two games, which was fine. But um, I, I looked on it the positive way of, like, I could look at how they prepare for the game, how's the pace of the game, uh, how to prepare myself, build my routine. And um, so when it came to the Lindenwood game, I was ready. I was ready to go. I was excited. And uh, I think it's been, like, 10 months since I've played an actual game. So it was really uh, – it's a feeling that I, that I really missed overall. And you go into your first game as a, as a freshman starting against Lindenwood, who has been a terrific team for several – many years here in the area. Uh, very fast team. What were you thinking on Saturday watching them play, and how were you trying to game plan for when you were about to step in the net? Uh, I come from a junior A level uh, where I think the pace of the game was maybe a little bit lower or even comparable. So when it got to play in Lindenwood, I really felt comfortable with the pace of the game. And I think it just showed me that I belong to this league and I can perform. And uh, obviously the score maybe not didn't really show it, but I think in my book that was a, maybe a two or three zero game. We just really got screwed over the last four, 10 minutes with those four goals. Mm -hmm. But uh, overall, I felt great. And, uh, yeah, I just can't wait for the rest of the season. And uh, next time we'll play them, I'll for sure have a chip on my shoulder. And I thought – and I even – I said it on the broadcast. I thought you did a great job. They scored a, an early goal in that, in that start that you had. And you did a fantastic job rebounding from that goal. And, I, you know, as a young player, a lot of goaltenders could get in their head and – and then when you look at the final score, it, you know, it might not reflect that. But the way you played throughout the rest of the game, the way you handled yourself at such a young age, I thought that was really impressive. Yeah, uh, I'll blame that first goal on my nerves. I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> I figured but, you were. I mean, how, how couldn't you be? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I wanted to do a great first impression. And uh, that first goal was unfortunate. But uh, I was able to... Uh, get back on track. And I think it's due to uh, my experience of playing junior hockey. And uh, it did such a big difference as a, for me as a goalie. And um, yeah, I'm just glad I was able to get back on track and help the boys uh, compete in that game. And Lindenwood, they, they put up a, a hefty amount of shots all weekend against you and, and, uh, or, well, I think you had 30, 30 yeah, or 40 35 and ed had something yeah ed had like 52 or something yeah. it was just absurd amount of shots do you like seeing the puck often or would you be okay with maybe cutting those shots in half i mean i they i can't imagine how many attempts they had you guys were blocking shots left and right yeah uh well for me personally i like getting a lot of shots because it mm -hmm. just gets me uh in the game i feel like mm -hmm. i'm in there um, and playing juniors again, I played in two teams in the, in the in OJHL and my first team, I averaged uh 42 shots per game and I played 40 games that season. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of used to get a, a good load of shots, but then I got traded to blind river where I was getting something like 22 shots a game, 25. Mm -hmm. So it was those two opposites. So I had to learn how to uh, perform in both circumstances. So, uh, whatever my task is how many uh, I don't have control over that so I, I just deal with whatever I have I think it'd be even worse if there was like no shots on net and you guys are just dominating yeah. in the offensive zone and then they come down and <laughs> but like throughout the game you're like boys like let's let them maybe take one on me I need to you're yeah. gonna come out of your net because you just feel like you need to be a part of the game <laughs> no when you get a lot of shots it's definitely easier mm-hmm just because your body's going through the motion and you're just ready to go. Well, you boys uh, got another win today against McKendry. Uh, heading into Midland next week, uh, you know, whether or not you're playing or, or whatnot, what have you been seeing from them? And what have the goalies, essentially, have you guys been game planning on your own or how's that look? Uh, well, when it comes to our starts, uh, this is under Coach Hogan's uh, hands. We kind of know what's going on for the first six games, but then we'll mm -hmm. we'll uh, reevaluate. 
uh, when it comes to Midland, uh, personally, I don't have uh, a lot of knowledge on the, on that team because I've never played them. It's my first year, but I've heard they're a big team, big scrappy team, and uh, I'm just looking forward to uh, play against them and uh, compete. You're just looking to jump in the cage. That's all it oh, is. Yeah. It's been it's been so long. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna go to some some lighthearted questions, I guess. I mean, if you consider these other ones not lighthearted, I don't know. But uh, every goalie, they got a setup and they got a they got a mask and, and all that stuff. What went into to your look? And do you have anything cool about your mask that you would like to share with the listeners that might be special to you? Uh, yeah. So uh, on my mask, um, with the help of uh, Jeff Crenshaw, uh, I really helped me figure out what I want on my mask mm-hmm. and uh, communi- communicate with the artist that uh, did it, which is uh, Grant Grot uh, back in Minnesota. Um, what was really important for me was to um, were my first junior teams that gave me a chance to get to where I am today in Maryville, which I'm really blessed for. So I have those two uh, logos on my back plate, the Elliott uh, Lake Wildcats, which is mm-hmm. my first junior team that really gave me a chance. And then the Blind River Beavers, who um, we were supposed to win a championship with them last year. And uh, obviously everything got canceled due to COVID. But uh, yeah, I have a really strong attachment to those two teams. And um, I'm just thankful for them. And I have two little quotes on them on, uh, on my back plate that says, uh, be yourself and work harder. And I just uh, live by those two little quotes. And every time I look at it, it just uh, motivates me. Yeah, I love to hear that. I know that goalies usually, you know, they have the, the front design and on the sides, but usually that back plate is for like the personal stuff um, yeah. that you see. So that's awesome to hear. Yeah. Uh, one last question before we wrap things up. Uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to chirp on your teammates. And I've talked about it before with other guys. I go, if you're not chirping, your teammates there's something wrong if you're not getting chirp you're not being the chirper yeah I, you gotta keep in mind my first language is french though those i gotta work on those chirps that's though. true that's also true which okay i'll 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 ask another question before i get to that one are you someone who will beak at the other team while you're in net or are you more of a quiet person like let's just get the job done kind of guy oh i get i get really emotional in there mm-hmm. uh i think when my emotions are there, that's when I perform the I perform the best. So yeah, I definitely uh, talk back those quick <laughs> money eyes. Yeah, you just got to make sure that you, you, one doesn't go by you though, because then it's coming right back. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it can get back in your face really quickly. So I'll circle back to the the, the main question. I was going to say you have an opportunity to chirp on your buddies. Who on the team, while you're in practice, who has the biggest muffin on the team? That's funny you say that because uh, <laughs> I have a thing that every time a guy comes on me and it's not a really good shot, I just call him out and say it's a muffin. <laughs> uh, I have to go with B- Brad Boudreaux. Bradley, okay. it's got to be him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, if we have him on the podcast soon, I'll I'll make sure he knows that. And we'll have a little Oh, yeah. He's, friendly, he's uh, got some good books, too. I'll be waiting for him. Okay. Right on. Well, hey, Dominic, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show this week. And we're excited for uh, your career here at Maryville. And we're, uh, you know, just excited for the rest of the year. And we hope you guys, um, you know, have success. And uh, we'll be looking forward to watching you. Yeah, thank you for having me today. Yo, drop your gloves, punk, because you're listening to the Two Minutes for Roughing podcast on the Maryville Hockey Podcast Network. All right, now it's time for the entertainment aspect of the podcast. I mean, hopefully this whole podcast has been entertaining for you, the listener, but... We're going to play a game now, and usually we play trivia, but it's just me and Corey, or Corey and I, for all you grammar folks out there. Uh, we're playing a little Would You Rather Sports Edition. So, Corey, do you want to start off? Do you want me to start off with the question? Uh, dealer's choice. All right. I'll ask you. I like this question. Would you rather be the star of a bad team or an average player on an elite team? I've never been a star, so I guess I'll just go with average and, and win some cups or win whatever I'm winning. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, you made a joke the other day on the broadcast about 
the 66 points. I said that Quentin Stemple had 66 points uh, playing juniors. And obviously he's a freshman this year. And you're like, oh, wow. Well, you know, I had 66 points throughout my entire hockey career. <laughs> I probably gave myself 30 points on that too. So, <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Okay. So would you rather win an MVP award or a team championship? Uh, well, I guess team- you, you didn't, you didn't answer the first one. Do you want me to answer the first one? Um, I would rather be an average player on an elite team. I love winning. And, I mean, you know, being a great player on a bad team, and you're not really going to accomplish anything. You might look good here and there, but at the end of the day, like, you know, it's kind of selfish in my opinion. So I'd rather be an average player on an elite team. And by all means, if you're on an elite team and you're average, I mean, that probably means that you're probably better than a handful of players that you're playing against too so you're still a good player yeah okay so the second question is would you rather uh win an mvp award or a team championship team championship yeah it's not that was an easy one i mean there's <laughs> people out there that would rather mvp but, but yeah i want a ring i want to already already gave john my ring size so there you go uh, would you rather watch a regular season game courtside or rinkside, like on the glass, we're talking hockey purposes, or a high-stakes playoff game from the Raptors? Uh, I'm going to go I'm going to go a regular season game court or you know rinkside because I would fall out of the Raptors. You seen how excited I got <laughs> just on a on a, a Friday night and a Saturday night game. Could you imagine if it was like a Stanley Cup game and I was in the Raptor? I would fall. I would fall out. Oh yeah, would, it would be bad. So, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna play it safe. Plus, um, I can go home and I can, you know, have a couple beverages and it's like thirty dollars cheaper. I have a big screen, so I'm good to go. I want to. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I like. I like where your head's at. Ah, uh, this is tough for me. I've actually been up in both. Uh, you know, I've been on the glass for a regular season game. Um, and I've been in the rafters before in two different arenas. It's scary. I'll tell you that for sure. Um, I don't know. You know, I think I would like to say while I'm sitting here that I would want to go to a high stakes playoff game because I've been to a few of them. And I mean, they're unbelievable to be at. Like the atmosphere is incredible. But I think once I got up there and I experienced how loud the arena was and how crazy it would feel to be up in the rafters. I would 1000% want to not be up in the rafters anymore. So for that reason, and I like where your head's at too, where I can just kind of, you know, sit at home, enjoy beverage. And obviously if it wasn't during COVID, I'd probably go out with friends and whatnot. Uh, I'd like to sit next to the glass. Definitely. It's definitely a different experience. You get to see how fast the game really is when you're down low. Yeah. Alrighty. So question number four is not a hockey question, but I kind of like it. It would. So would you rather win a World Series or a Super Bowl? Oh man, this is a tough one. Um, me, I grew up playing baseball and hockey. Um, so, but I've always watched football, and um, the Super Bowl is obviously a huge deal. I don't know, man. You know, I would like to say I'd like to win a World Series. You have to win four of them out of seven, uh, specifically in that series. And obviously, you have to win more throughout the playoffs. So I feel like it's a bit harder. But at the same time, you're not playing football, which is very hard from an athletic standpoint. Man, I don't know. I feel like Super Bowl has more like, you know, more of a – I don't know what the word is. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's just more surrounding winning a Super Bowl than there is a World Series. The Super Bowl's big. Like, it's a bigger thing. Like, yeah. it's known worldwide. Whether or not you pay attention to American football or not, everyone knows what the Super Bowl is. So, I think I'd go Super Bowl. I think just because of the, the stage. And if you make a huge play in the Super Bowl and, you know, you're part of that history, I think it'd be cool. I'm going World Series. That was an easy choice for me. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, you know, I think back to David Freeze in that game and, oh man, could you imagine being in the box hitting that and then being a hometown kid, kind of like Pat Maroon and, oh, 
that'd be amazing. I, yeah. Well, we when you put say it that, that way, about football yeah. because uh, you know we don't have a team. They they bailed on us. Well, I'm, I'm bailing on the. I'm bailing on the. I'm bailing on football. You know whatever. That, that's true. Okay, let's uh, put it in hockey terms. Would you rather win a World Series or Stanley Cup? No, oh, Stanley Cup. That's not. That's why I didn't okay. put it on there because it's not even the same. <laughs> I would. That's not a good question. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, would you rather take responsibility for losing the championship or have a teammate take credit for the win when you deserved it? I'll let the teammate take the credit because we can – that's fine with me as long as we get the win. I don't, if we're celebrating the championship, I'm going to be busy doing other stuff. So That's fair. I think I'm going to go the same route just because I said earlier that I love to win and I'd be a fraud if I chose to – be on the losing aspect of things but I think when you really break the question down I think that um, you know taking responsibility for loss and you know owning up to what you did is uh, definitely a big thing for your character um, and you know what at the end of the day who cares like you won um, exactly. you know you might be salty for a couple days whatever but at the end of the day nowadays there's replay so everyone knows who's responsible for a win. So it is what it is. Uh, would you rather ensure overtime or risk losing and win in regulation? Oh, wait, what? Yeah. So, I mean, this is more of a different kind of question, yeah. not a hockey question, unless you're trying to pull a goalie and you're in a situation where you need to win. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I this it depends on the game. Depends on who you're playing, for real. You know, you want to take it to overtime and gamble on that, sure. But if you're a go-getter and you want to win, screw it, go for it. Like either way, at this at the end of the day, I mean, you have to score. It doesn't matter what sport you're in, whether you're playing baseball, hockey, football, you got to get points on the board. So, um doesn't matter if you're in regulation or if it's an overtime if you can get those points and win the game just make sure you're doing the right things and hopefully things line up for you yeah i'm gonna go win in regulation because i think there's like a mental thing behind that i don't like when players or teams kind of like just over oh, we're even let's just play to the next period i like to play you know win now always have that winning mentality and maryville kind of you know found that out on friday they were up 4-1, and next thing you know, they were literally four seconds away from going overtime. So I kind of like that winning mentality and just always always play for the win and play hard. So I don't, I don't like going overtime on any sport. All right, let's, do, let's just do four more. Um, would you rather retire as a forgotten coach with a winning record or a famous coach known to lose championships? Yeah, this is, this is easy. I want to win. I want a winning record. I don't – yeah. Yeah. yeah Some of these are kind of – yeah. Yeah. Straight to the point. Yeah, uh, I'm in the same boat as you. I, like I said, I don't really care. We win. There it is. Now, if I have a winning record and I don't win championships, uh, I kind of have a problem with that. But I would rather not be known for that. But unfortunately, with media these days, you kind of are known for it. So, um, you know, it is what it is. As I've I'm said, skip down on my next one. Okay. Would you rather have really cool uniforms with a rundown stadium or a state-of-the-art stadium and ugly uniforms? Oh, man. Yeah. Now, this might be the hardest question yeah. that we've had so far. Um, man, I, I don't know. I think I would go with the uniforms only because I'm a, like a, an art type of person. Like... I did like graphic design and, and all that stuff during college. And uh, I actually design uniforms myself. I've designed hockey, like concept art uh, jerseys and whatnot. So I would feel, I just like wouldn't feel right if I had an ugly jersey on. Cause I always make fun of teams that are like, we got new uniforms coming, like blah, blah, blah. And then they put them out and you're like, what? Like, it took you all this time to come up with, with that? Like, come on now. And if you're in a rundown stadium, odds are it's old. So it kind of has that, like, nostalgic yeah. factor at some point. Some um, kind of tradition. Yeah, I mean, 
it would be nice to have a state of art facility though because then you just become better as a, a player and that's because you have you know all the right tools available to you so i mean pick or choose me i'm not a player anymore so i can i can answer this question without having any backlash whatsoever so i'm gonna go with the uniforms yeah this one is really hard i don't know i don't know like like the kind of like the coach in me even though i don't coach but like i want a state-of-the-art you know stadium so i can you know have the cool stuff like we we kind of talk about behind the scenes all the the goal horns and the you know the leds and the you know players coming out and smoke and all that crazy stuff plus mm -hmm. you got all the training facilities involved in that but then again if you have ugly jerseys what is the other stuff yeah you know i, I think i'm gonna go jerseys too okay no, i agree yeah. all right would you rather have a long average playing career or have a short fantastic career cut short by injury Oh, I yeah, I'm gonna go on average, a long average playing career. Yeah, I think I, man, this is actually kind of tough because you know, say we're talking the NHL, a lot of players, man, they have long tenured careers because of just they just do the right things, they adapt, and probably because of the state of the art, you know stadiums yeah <laughs> but i mean it's not like these guys are elite players they play for like 20 years and there's they know how to win they're a culture or they create culture and you know that's just how it is but you know also being a great player and then being cut short by injury i mean that's tough but at the same time you find that success um but then you have to live with the idea that you know your career was cut short and you know, you can't really get that back. So I don't know if I'd want to live with that. I think I'm going to go with the average player uh, having a long career. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Uh, where is it? Where my question go? Okay. Would you rather coach at the college level or a professional level for hockey or whatever, you know, any sport? Uh, hockey? For hockey, I think I'd rather coach at the professional level uh, just because that is the highest level you can get to. And if you're a coach, that's what you're striving to become. And you want to get to that highest level. I think when you do coach at the college level, it's a different kind of game, obviously, but it's also uh, different people as well. You're working with younger people and you get to kind of mold them into the person or people that you would want them to become. And that's why you recruit them and you want them to be a part of your program. That's what coach Hogan is doing he's creating that culture he wants to mold these young guys into you know uh men that uh have great character and not only are they good uh on the ice but you know they're great people off the ice as well so you know that one's tough but I think if I'm a coach I'm going to want to be at that highest level uh at some point in my career so I'm gonna go NHL I think for all the reasons you just said, I'm going to go with college because I think it would be cool to be involved with someone's life, you know, basically when they're a teenager in the early 20s and then see them to be able to progress. And it's not, I mean, it's a job now, but it's also kind of a responsibility when you're a college coach to help these kids, you know, become better, better people. I think that'd be pretty cool. And, you know, when you get to the professional side, it's a job. So there's, you know, standards and a bunch of other stuff that gets in the way in politics. But on the college side, I think it's more like, like natural and pure and you know just want to help people so i think i'm gonna go to college all right well i think that'll do it for our would you rather sports edition coming up next we have will starwalt he is interviewing or already interviewed d2 forward matt berkemeyer so without further ado here's will and matt Hello, everyone. I am here with Matt Berkemeyer, and I'm going to talk to him a little bit about the upcoming season and dealing with all those challenges, dealing with COVID. And if I am correct, Matt, you are from St. Louis, right? Yes, just outside St. Louis, just St. Charles County. Okay, see, so I, I'm actually living in Eureka now, so you know where that is, kind of. Right. A little bit. And being in St. Louis with everything going on, being close to everybody, have you gotten any time to, like, be on the ice at all or – you kind of just been quarantined from everybody. Uh, well, a little bit over break, having the chance to go out to some rinks out here in St. Charles and uh, 
you know, whatever's available around the area. Um, of course, trying to been, keep distance and stay away from everybody, but um, hasn't been as bad as some others have. So I've been pretty lucky to get, get out a few times over break and um, stay somewhat in shape. And when you go skate, is there like any sticks on the ice? Is there any like training going on or is it just kind of to keep your legs fresh and just kind of just skating around? Yeah, mainly just keep the legs fresh. Um, have some fun, not too serious. Um, kind of get away from, you know, all the serious stuff. And, uh, yeah, just out there have fun. Um, keep the skills going and uh, try to get out, the, get out there with a couple buddies and keep it light, so – and with the keeping the legs fresh, have you been doing anything like workouts that you feel have helped you during the quarantine, I guess? Or you just kind of been just kind of seeing what happens and playing it by ear? Yeah, again, trying to, you know, keep distance and everything. Um, been kind of limited to what we can do. Um, the school school gym shut down right now. So making best with what I have, um, you know, just around the house in the basement, a couple bands and a couple – couple of dumbbells but uh but no we've had uh we've been fortunate enough to have um our trainer Jeff Levecchio send out some workouts to us and um make do with what we have so that's helped a lot and uh you know he's he's tremendous he's second none so shout out to him well that's great that you're at least still trying to get stuff done while you can um what are you looking forward to most about like the upcoming season even though it'll be slightly different than most of the other season. Well, it will be different than the other seasons. Right. But what are you looking forward to most in this upcoming season? Oh, man, just the basics, just getting back out there with the boys, just playing games again. Um, you know, only – you can only practice so much until, you know, I kind of get sick of it and just want to get out, get out there on the ice and have that, you know, um, getting that competitive nature again of playing against other teams and uh, – just battling out so that's what I'm most looking forward to just missing hanging out being with the guys just you want you want everything to be back to normal yeah miss miss normalcy for sure yeah and then going missing the normalcy um like when you're in a game like I know it's all like you know you can't really think about what's going to happen what's your favorite part about playing hockey is it like the hitting is it the scoring or is it just you just love playing I guess the sport in general I mean, yeah, everything in general, you know, the physical side of it, the scoring, the the playmaking, really at all. But, uh, I mean, obviously winning is the best, and, you know, that's what we want to do. and That's the best feeling. I mean, anything you do to contribute to, to a big win is obviously the best feeling for sure. Because, like, when I was talking to Hampus last week, he being a goalie, it's a little different, but we talked about some of the saves he made and things like that, and he goes, I just – he just misses it. That's just seems to be the thing. Yeah, exactly. Every, everybody just misses being with the boys and being able to just continue what they thought was going to be normal from yeah. their time at Maryville. Yeah, just the whole lifestyle and the whole the whole community there and, uh, you know, kind of the group we've built is is unreal. And have, you guys, have you guys been able to keep in touch at all? Like, do you guys have a group chat or anything that – you know, it's just yeah, yeah. We got our Snapchat group chat, and then we got our group me, and uh, and I've uh, been doing Zoom calls here and there with with the coaches and stuff like that. So we're on the same track, and uh, but other than that, just uh, kind of talking, keep in touch through the group chats and phone calls, um, FaceTime stuff like that. So, and with all this happening, um, I've been asking everybody, what is your like? Do you remember the time that got you into hockey? that would make like all of this worth it, if that makes sense. Like just all the time and effort you've put in uh, on Zoom calls, all that. What's the moment, if you can remember, that you knew you wanted to play hockey at a higher level or just um, play hockey in general? I mean, I've always kind of had that feeling ever since I started playing at a young age that, you know, this is what I want to do as long as possible. And uh, But really, I'd say about sophomore year of high school when I uh, quit baseball to play more hockey and, um, kind of focus more on hockey and hopefully um, take it on to the college level, which I did and I'm grateful for. And, uh, but yeah, middle of high school when I, when I quit baseball and just focus on hockey, I want to play more hockey. So I played, uh, quit and played spring hockey and the rest is history. So been doing it ever since. That's awesome. It's, it's always kind of cool to hear when athletes decide that like when they're playing two sports in high school or something that, 
they decide that they want to switch and go full-time into one sport instead of just splitting the time they really want to focus on their craft in that one sport whether it be right. hockey baseball things like that right. and so with wanting to play hockey as long as you can is there thoughts of the nhl like is there just like maybe by some miracle or something that you get drafted or something oh by some miracle yeah that'd be obviously great <laughs> but uh i think those days are probably behind me but uh uh, definitely, I just want to keep it going as long as I can, um, you know, whether that's, you know, a potential fifth year if I could and uh, or even playing beyond. But um, anything after would be great, even just beer league. But just, obviously just, some kind of semi-professional would be cool. But I don't know. I'll see where it takes me. Just you got to enjoy what happens. Right. Right. And yeah. Then, I'm just trying to live in it, live in the moment and uh, take it day by day. That's a that's a good quality to have when you're playing yeah. sports. You sometimes can go too fast. Um, final thing here to wrap it up. If you if you do get drafted, say you know with everything going on, 2020, 2021 will be a new year. Something crazy could happen. If there was a team, would it would you play? Obviously, you'd play for a different team. But like, if you had a dream team to go to, would it be the Blues because you're from St. Louis? Uh, yeah, sure, probably would. Just because you know. Um, we're all big blues fans here, especially being part of St. Louis. All my family is a big, uh, big blues fans. So uh, that'd be cool. But also um, I've always kind of admired Tampa Bay, um, especially since Stamkos came in the league. He's kind of been like my idol, so to speak. So he's always been my favorite player. So I feel like that'd be, that'd be a cool place to play and live. And that'd be a good, uh, be a good place to be. So. So Tampa Bay or St. Louis? Yeah. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll, we'll keep those in mind when, when 2021 happens. Right. But, no, I'll let you get going here. Uh, you got some more training to do, I know, things like that. So I appreciate your time. Uh, for everybody yeah. else, I'm Will Starwalt, and this is Matt, and we're going to be heading off. Make sure you're following us on all our social medias. Uh, we all we post these videos to Twitter, and we have our own YouTube, and we have our own podcast, Two Minutes Roughing, and we have them for the women and men's as well. So everybody keep on the look for that. Thank you for your time. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We want to thank Matt Berkmeyer for joining the show, but it looks like that'll do it for us. Final score, Maryville defeats McKendry 2-1. to one. Make sure you're watching out for the next episode of Behind the Cage, which previews this upcoming week's matchup against Midland. You can check that out on our YouTube channel at Maryville Hockey and the MSHN social media pages. Also, make sure you check out our broadcast on Friday and Saturday, and you can check that out at Maryville Saints Hockey Network via YouTube at Maryville Saints Hockey. The pregame show will begin about 25 minutes before puck drop, or if you're in the car, you can tune in on 1280 AM or the TuneIn app for our call on the radio. Follow the MSHN and all our social media accounts. Follow the podcast social media accounts at MU Hockey Network. And also follow at Maryville Hockey on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that'll do it for us, me, and Corey. Everybody, have a great week, and go Saints.